just, oh, 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 do we have a treat for you? Or maybe it's just a meal. I feel like a treat is something extra and special, whereas oh. a meal is more like, you know, this is what you're gonna get and you get it regularly. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, which meal is it? This is TV. <laughs> I was about to say, is this breakfast? Is it lunch? Is it dinner? You know what? If, if there's anything more standard, it's probably your, what, breakfast? You kind of veer off too much. Maybe lunch, you mix it up and dinner. Anywho, yeah. we've got some <laughs> fine eating for you in terms of television. We're gonna talk about some premieres. We're gonna talk about a finale. It mm. all really just keeps going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. It keeps going and going and going and going. So let's start with Own. Oh. <laughs> Oprah. Let's start with the aha moment. And that is <laughs> Own's new show called Love Is. Now they've been doing a lot of hype about this, a lot of advertising. Um, it's based on the Akil story. You know, the people who created what, The Girlfriends? Yep, Girlfriends. Um, uh, they're also uh, responsible for, Salima Akil is, is leading Black Lightning. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. So this yeah. is basically um, television royalty we're talking about, especially when it comes to Black TV shows. And this is their love story. This is how they got connected. This is how they linked up. Now, it says season one. So I'm curious to see how far they're going to go into this. Because I do hear, Critic, that mm. they show dual perspectives. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, yeah, so uh, look. So Mara Brock Akil, um, she wrote this. So she's writing going on and she's really running it along with her husband, Celine. And as you said, it is about uh, how they met, how they fell in love. And then what, here's what's going on. So it's um, it's two different time frames. We see when they meet in 1997. We also see when they've already been married and together for 30 years. Well, so that's 2027. Mm-hmm. So you have two sets of actors playing them in two different time frames. Same thing with friends and all of that. So when they meet, uh, they're both in uh, LA. They both want to be writers for Hollywood. Uh, now, the character that's based on Mara is more successful. And that character's name is Nuri. So we see she's right on the cusp of getting work, and then she eventually does. Uh, she meets, the character's name is Yasir. Mm -hmm. So she meets him. Now the way that happens is his friend likes her, but is afraid to talk to us. So Yasir decides to do it himself. Yeah. <laughs> now he's struggling. He's living with his girlfriend, question mark. <laughs> okay, that's kind of what it's like. And he, you know, he's been struggling. He hasn't been succeeding. So nothing really comes of this meaning, but, but later on, uh, and this is like a year later or so, I, I don't know how much time has passed, but later on, he sees her again. He's out with his friend. His friend is now a father, etc. Mm. And he decides to walk up to her and ask her out. And he's actually wearing just his underwear, his Calvin's. 
Okay. In public. Yeah. So this is this is where we are. So you know, the question is, is she going to be interested in him? We know the answer to that. But really, the question is, how does this relationship go from that point A to point wherever they are in the future? Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to think about how they're going to bring this to fruition. Um, I think I'm done talking about that because I don't want to give everything away. Yeah. But I will say this. I think for uh, OWN, for that network, this is a nice fit. Really is a nice fit. I like the actors. I like watching them. And I do kind of want to see what's going to happen with the characters. Like, how exactly is this going to work out? Because it doesn't seem like they should click. Now, are there execution problems? Yes, there are. But I'll say to date, this is probably for me the most promising show on own and i'll i'll still watch it for now oh good i'm glad to hear uh moving on to something that probably couldn't be more opposite (laughs) 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 is paramount networks yellowstone yes we have been itching in our seats to get started in this uh amazing new um project for one of our favorite writers and now mm-hmm. director Taylor Sheridan. Yes, the same guy who did um, the movies we love like Hell or High Water, Sicarios, Sicario 2, which is coming out later on, along with Wind River. He directed that um, and wrote it as well, along with other many wonderful movies um, or maybe a movie too. Yellowstone stars Kevin Costner. Oh, he's TV. And of course, you're going to expect this from Taylor Sheridan. We are on some sort of reservation or off of a reservation, some sort of countryside. Um, mm-hmm. And he does those stories the best. The question is with Yellowstone, is this something that Taylor Sheridan can do over 10 episodes? Is he a movie guy or is he someone who can hold our interest for 10 episodes? You saw the first one. Yeah. Um, so look, this is a Western, like like you said, ref. And and this is what you get. Now the question is, um, when it comes to Taylor Sheridan, we're used to a particular kind of product from him. Yeah. So he tends to take the Western genre and do interesting contemporary things with it. Slow so, at first. <laughs> Slow. <laughs> so that's what's going on here. That's what's going on in the background. Now before I continue with that thought. What is this about? It's about the Dutton family. And the Dutton family, they own a huge sloth, a ranch, okay? Mm. And this is what you're thinking about, Yellowstone Park? Yeah, that's the territory here. Oh. So, yeah, they own a lot of land in that area. So imagine what kind of family this could could be. Yeah. Imagine the kind of wealth that they must have. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even reference it in the pilot, just how big it is. It's, I think they say it's like the state of Rhode Island. Good gracious. Wow. So, okay. Now, Kevin Costner plays the patriarch, John Dutton, um, and he's not going to suffer fools. No, not Kevin Costner. The very opening scene, we see there's an accident that happens, and uh, one of his horses is critically injured, and you know what he has to do. Yeah. Yeah. So we can see that, and he ain't happy about what happened. Okay. Now, he has um, four children. 
three sons and one daughter. Uh, the oldest son is, of course, working the land with him, the animals. There's this tension between the two. Can the oldest son live up to his expectations? Right. All of the stuff we know before. The middle son is involved in the law and possibly politics. Okay, so you have that aspect. And um, by the way, the oldest son is played by David Anable. The middle son is played by Wes Bentley. Okay. And um, so then we have the youngest son who's played by Luke Grimes. And the youngest son has disowned the family, his father in particular. So this youngest son is married to uh, a Native American woman and has a son with her. Oh. So what's going on there? Now the daughter played by Kelly Riley, you know, is more like a son. Oh, so okay. we have that. Okay. Yeah. She's she's very smart and tough. And there there's even an encounter where she's sitting at a bar and a guy comes up to her. Imagine what happens after this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that's the setting of the family. Now, along with the family, of course, comes the Native American contingent, right? The reservation. Right. They have their own politics. And there is a new head of the reservation who has some ideas about what needs to happen. Okay? So, and this is uh, played by Gil Birmingham. Uh, the character's name is Thomas Rainwater. So, he uh, didn't know all along throughout his life that he was Native American. He was raised, I believe, by um, Me a Mexican uh, couple. Uh, they didn't tell him he was adopted, etc. He figures this out, he goes to college, and he decides to come back to the reservation to lead them into getting what they deserve. Mm. Okay. Now, another faction here is uh, headed by Danny Houston's character, Dan Jenkins. He's a developer. He wants to develop this land in order to bring wealthy people to make money, right? So the question is, will John Dutton be willing to allow this to go on? Will he sell his land or not? Right, right, right. <laughs> so... There is major things happen in the pilot. Uh, even if you're looking at how they casted this, who's in what, who's a series regular, who's not, that was telling to the critic, I knew it was gonna happen. But maybe don't pay attention to that, then you might be surprised. So things happen by the end of this pilot that of course puts everybody on a certain course and this path is to destruction seeming. And how do all of these personalities connect? Like this lost son who's gone away, does he come back to his family? Why would he do that, et cetera? Mm -hmm. what, are, what are the Native Americans gonna do? I mean, look, whose land is it anyway? Right. Okay. All of this is coming out and gonna be played out throughout the season. Now, um, again, coming back to Taylor Sheridan, I'll say this, this in the pilot, I didn't feel his imprint on it. Mm. I felt more like I was watching just a contemporary Western with all of the classic beats. Now, I like this kind of stuff, so I didn't mind it. Um, but is it special? I wouldn't say that. I do like the cast. Uh, are there certain thematic problems? I think some people will have some problems with the themes, but we'll have to see how this resolves itself after the whole season. So that's what I have to say about Yellowstone. If you are a fan of Westerns, then definitely check it out. If not, just know 
that I have to tell you, you can check it out, but it might not be the exact kind of fix that you want, especially if you're thinking Sicario mm-hmm. or Hell of, or High Water. Yeah. Not quite there. Maybe it'll get there. We'll have to find out. Well, let's go to the South. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Queen yeah. of the South is back for season three on USA. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not the woman you want to be to cross. We'll just say that. Yeah. You don't want to double cross this woman. We've heard from previous episodes about Queen of the South. You've been watching it for two seasons now. It's season three. Where are we at this point? I know she's the queen. <laughs> Started one way as a mule, right? And, and just sort of yeah. doing penny any things. And ends up season three in a certain place. Yeah. So, whoa. Yes, and we're talking about Teresa Mendoza, played by Alice Braga. Yes, well, she had to escape Mexico because she was going to be killed. Yeah. Uh, and she was going to be killed by um, the who, well, the person who becomes the mayor of, Me- of a city in Mexico. Okay. Uh, now, this uh, eventual mayor's wife is the one she runs into in the United States and Texas. Uh, and we see that this woman, you know, she has her own ideas about how to run things absent of her husband. So there's really, there's a big mess going on among the three of them. Mm. Now, as we go through the first two seasons, we find that, well, I'll just tell you, the husband is now dead. Eek. Who's to blame for that? Oh. <laughs> I will give that one away if you haven't seen season two. Okay, who's to blame for that? And then what are the repercussions? Because now by season three, Teresa is on her own. Yes. Now, she's on her own, but she's in trouble. Mm. And she's in trouble because the woman who saved her, and this is Camilla Vargas, played by Veronica Falcone. Camilla Vargas is like, wait a minute, you want to be my competitor? I need to take you out. Mm, mm. So Teresa is now in hiding, trying to sell her own product in the process. Also, Camilla is now the mayor. Oh, boy. Oh, geez. Wow. (laughs) But is she accepted as the mayor? Right? Now, she is still a woman being a mayor and a woman who is a drug kingpin problem or queenpin, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So can she keep all of that in control? So now we really see the showdown between these two women, who is going to be the eventual queen of the South? Well, you can guess, but the price that has to be paid is something definitely to pay attention to. Now, look, this is summer TV. Okay. Uh, and I enjoy it for that. This, I mean, they there is no holding back in the show, and I love that. Mm. They go for it, especially Veronica Falcone as Camila Vargas. I mean, you, you could just, you everything about her is just hilarious. <laughs> it's, and it's hilarious in the right way. You're never laughing at her. She knows the deal, okay? What are we going to do about, you know, it's that kind of thing about, yeah. you know, Teresa. Teresa, it's that kind of thing. So if you want to be entertained by something like this, if you have never checked it out before, 
please do so. It is definitely entertaining and you will forgive it for its flaws just because it's fun and it's the summer. <laughs> summer <laughs> is here. Well, guess what? If it's summer, you know that Shooter's back out. Yep. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about the TV show Shooter. On USA, yep. let's stick with the network. It's season three this time, this round. Mm. And yep. we, this poor man... <laughs> has been oh. through so much. Oh my at, goodness. At this point, you know, he's had some dealings with the president. He's, you know, had some fishy friends in the past. Should we call <laughs> fi- the, Should we right. call them friends? He's been well, betrayed. Um, yeah. And he's tried to clear his name on many ends. And at this point, where are we, season three? What are we doing? Well, um, in season two, he has encountered another shooter, a sniper. And this sniper seemingly wants him dead. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So we saw the genesis of that in season two, and it's continuing to play out in season three because now Bob Lee, played by Ryan Phillippe, is in the clutches of Solotov, who is this uh, Chechen sniper. Mm. (laughs) Now, we find out there's more to the story going on here. Because whatever entity is behind trying to get Bob Lee uh, to frame him for the uh, assassination of a high-level official, I won't yeah. give that away completely. If Don't you do it. Season one. So this entity that tried to frame him, there's been a lot of things going on for several years, over decades, and this involves Bob Lee's father. We find out. No. We already knew it involved his friend, played by. Omar Epps. Uh-oh. Now he's still out there, and now Omar Epps is with an FBI agent. Is she still an FBI agent? That's a question. Uh-oh. Uh, played by Cynthia Di Robinson. Uh, so now they're together trying to figure things out as well. But can you trust Omar Epps' character? And Bob Lee's wife is now out here because the sniper brought her into play, and she wants to protect their daughter along with Bob Lee. So this is just, again, summer television. This is when it should be on the TV. This is when you want this kind of entertainment. And that is exactly what it is. You don't know what's about to happen next. And even if it's outlandish, who cares? It's summer. There you go. Take two. Nope, that's the name of the show. <laughs> on right, ABC. I was about to say, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> on <laughs> ABC, take two. It's season one. It's fresh from ABC, um, tell me about, tell me a little bit about it. Well, Rachel Bilson uh, plays Sam, who is a former star of a TV show and it was a detective procedural, right? Think Law and Order, that kind of thing. Mm. Now this kind of show is absolutely ridiculous, <laughs> okay? Like she she kicks a gun up from her, from the ground and shoots somebody with it, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and they start off the pilot with that. So I'm looking at it going, okay, this has got to be a fake show. And it's exactly what it was. So what happens, though, is uh, Sam has a Britney Spears moment and has to check herself into rehab. Uh-oh. She loses the job on TV, obviously, as a result. And we see in the pilot, as she's leaving rehab, she's now ready to accept a role in film, playing another cop. But now instead of TV, it's film, okay. And in this case, instead of it being a cop, I should say, 
it's a PI. She wants to, she has to play a private investigator. Now, her uh, friend, who's also her uh, agent, is trying to help her out, and this agent knows uh, someone who is an actual PI. Yeah. Now, this someone who is an actual PI is played by Eddie Cibrian, Eddie Cibrian, and his name is Eddie as well. So now he's going, look, I'm a real PI. Why do I want to help her out? Right? And she's like, no, I want to, you know, see how you work. I want to be there with you so I can bring this into my performance, you know, because I'm going to knock, I'm going to hit this out of the park. So what do you think happens? We right? know, we know what She follows him along. He doesn't want her there. But is she really as much of a nuisance as she thinks she's going to be? Right? Is she really just this stupid Hollywood uh, actress? Probably not. Now, you can also think about does she, now they have to have a show. Does she actually do this movie, or does a complication arise? Mm. Right? Hey, so that's what's going on here. The point is this: for this kind of show, it is the summer, so we will give it some rope. Um, but the thing it's going to have to be is either really ridiculous to be funny, and it didn't go all the way there to hit that score, or it'll have to be the chemistry between its leads that'll carry it. Like, you just want to see Rachel and Eddie together. Mm. I have to say, it doesn't succeed on either count. So it either needs to, in the future, get more ridiculous, or, well, you can't fix chemistry and leads. So I didn't feel the spark from them, and that means that, I don't know, maybe they, they need to take three. Okay, well... Looks like you're gonna have to take over from here, critic. <laughs> yeah, because we do have, uh, well, a premiere and an ending. It depends on how you watch things yeah. here, right? Because Netflix is bringing to us the second season of Luke Cage. <laughs> okay. And of course, this comes to us uh, by Cheo Hadari Coker. Yes, based on, of course, the Marvel character. Yes, we've seen him in Jessica Jones. We saw the first season. And the ref has diligently watched the second <laughs> season. Uh, my culture is back as Luke Cage, etc. So tell us, ref, the first season we talked about, it was challenging. Yeah. What about the second season? Well, let's just talk about what happens first. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Luke Cage uh, fresh out of the Defenders world, if you watched mm -hmm. that. He is now back in Harlem, and he's, let's just be honest, he smelled himself a little bit. Oh, <laughs> Celebrity okay. has hit Luke Cage, and he completely is followed throughout the streets. They even have an app that locates wherever he is, and he's really dealing with the fact that he's been taking care of business as far as Harlem goes. Now, Rosario mm -hmm. Dawson's character, whose name is Claire, his girlfriend, you know, they get coffee all the time. Uh -oh. um, anyway, they... She's not too happy about this newfound fame. Not that she's hating, she's worried for Luke's sanity because he is, at this point, dealing with some dark secrets that all are coming back from season one of Luke Cage 1. So we remember, if you just kind of remember a little bit, he has a very strained relationship with his father. His mother is dead, of course. And his brother tried to kill him. <laughs> Became a villain, tried to kill him. Oh. So he had to, you know, that whole situation had to end. And he's dealing with those dark corners. But however, 
You know who is back, Miss Alfre Woodard's character, Mariah Dillard, or shall I say, Mariah Stokes. <laughs> and for those of you who will watch it, you'll get the joke with that. She is Harlem's queen by day, but a ruthless, ruthless gangster by night. And she wants to go completely legit, along with her partner, played by Theo Rossi, called Shades, who we know from season one. They want to go legit, but the buyers of their gun company have to sort of prove themselves to be worthy. And one of those buyers is from the Yardy uh, gang in Queens, Jamaicans, who is headed by a certain someone, but a new character is in town for the Yardies, and his name is Bushmaster, <laughs> played by Mustafa Shakir, who is a delight, by the way. But he is not there just to make a deal. He mm. is there for a very specific reason. He has a very intense agenda, and he will stop anybody who gets in his way, including Luke Cage. Well, you're going to ask, well, how are you going to stop Luke Cage? He's bulletproof. You can't drown him. You can't do anything. Well, uh, Mr. Bushmaster has some... <laughs> stings up his sleeves and publicly makes a statement with Luke Cage that puts, that ends with him on his feet. Or excuse me, on his back. Pow pow. How did that happen? What's the secret? What's going on there? Fast forwarding through without giving things away, Luke Cage is having issues with his father who is played by the late great Reg E. Cathy. I, I believe this was his last performance unfortunately, and he's got to make amends because the fact of the matter is Luke Cage can't beat this Bushmaster, plus <laughs> Alfred Woodard's uh, character as well, if he doesn't first deal with the past. And Claire can't help of him. Course. He's got to deal with it. But then we get some surprise people like Danny Rand. Iron Fist comes in and helps him out, and we've got Foggy coming in, who's from Daredevil. We've got other people just kind of coming in. But to kind of wrap things up, not only do we see Luke Cage's journey in this season two, is he going to, how is he going to stop Bushmaster? Does he need to stop Bushmaster? Because there's a greater evil that has developed in Mariah Dillard or Stokes, I should say. A, really, a greater she, evil, my goodness. A greater evil. And you'll see by the end, what is the result who does what? How is she stopped? Is she stopped? And quite frankly, you know, what gift does she give to Luke Cage that could ultimately hurt him mm. in the next season, should there be one, and we're assuming it. And the side note to all of this, you also have um, Simone Misik, Misik uh, mm -hmm. who is Misty Knight. And we know from the comic book that well, first of all, we know from the Defenders, her arm, she was trying to save someone's life. Her arm got chopped off. She's a cop, and she's trying to do a cop's job with one arm. Yeah. Well, we know somebody steps <laughs> in. You know from the comic books, but I won't give it away. Somebody steps in with an interesting solution, so she has to deal with that. Now for the question at hand. Yeah. I didn't finish oh. season one of Luke Cage. I didn't either. You didn't either, because of specific reasons yeah. that we talked about. We actually talked about yeah. it, so you can go back and review that. I can't 
say like season two was I mean I did a pretty good job of at least getting the interest going but as mm -hmm. far as the complete follow-through of watching 13 episodes mm. of something that could be solved and could actually be somewhat more enjoyable in six to be luxurious three to be great Oh. You, it was such a, there's a pacing issue. You said something very similar to what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to move and end, end on. End it. Mm -hmm. And that is, give us what we've come here for. Yeah. Give us Luke Cage. I don't want to see him pontificating. I don't want to see him, you know, in a room uh, dealing with stuff. I don't want to hear about people's childhood. Literally, at one point, <laughs> I was watching it and I'm and this they started going into this backstory, but they're not giving you b-roll They're just talking sitting talking and I was mm. just like I, I don't I, let me fast forward to this five minutes mm. later They're still talking and it's oh. like, you know what? This is not this the, the writing mm. isn't Aaron Sorkin, you know, we're not right. you're not you're not David Mamet. Well, if they were right. then the pace would be much faster, but whatever it's just yeah. not that. So I found myself really disengaged for a lot of things, but I will say this. Okay. Mr. Mustafa, <laughs> the Bushmaster, <laughs> Shakir, <laughs> that brother has a bright future. I heard he tried out for um, M'Baku in Black Panther. I heard he also tried out for Black Panther. I, I, I mm. get why this dude is trying to go that route and i heard he's making a pitch for spawn and even the blade reboots that are in talks mm. this might be the guy because he really brought a great intensity and they and just like black panther they're really dealing with who really is the villain you know yeah. what does a villain look like what are the motives of a villain and um, I really did enjoy all the Jamaican um, actors in this. They really brought an intensity that we can certainly take a lesson from. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, ah. you know what? Less talking is always good. And watch out for Alfred Woodard, too. I'm just going to I mean, Alfred Woodard, I'll just say this. I'll go on the record for this. Watch out, <laughs> Melissa Leo. <laughs> watch out, Faye Dunaway. Uh, 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 what's Everything. That? And oh, de Mommy done. Dearest. Mommy, Mommy dearest, dearest, watch out. Uh, watch out, Viola Davis. She coming for your Emmy now. <laughs> and how to get away with murder. They gave that woman everything under the sun to do. She put Shakespeare to shame. She explored every emotion possible to humanity. And then some emotions that I didn't know that existed. <laughs> Critic, you just might want to just tune in just for just for some... Just, <laughs> this poor woman... Exhausted. Alfre Water. Alfre Water can do no wrong. Okay. Well, I tell you what. If she could do wrong, she tried it. <laughs> I mean, she just tried everything. Hats off to Alfre Water. <laughs> well, here's a season finale. I almost said series finale. A season finale for you. Westworld. Yeah. Has wrapped it up, mm. and we for the season. I'm sure it'll be back. It will. And we've got the, the same players we've been talking about, you know, Evan Rachel Wood, Jeff Wright, Ed Harris, Dandy Newton, Tessa Thompson, blah, 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 James Martison, on and on and on. These people, you know who produced this and who created the world, Lisa Joy and her husband, Jonathan Nolan, 
well, maybe I should turn that around. Jonathan Nolan, Lisa Joy. <laughs> it's on HBO, season two, done. Yes. And the question is, does anyone know what's actually going on? No! <laughs> no, I tried, I did. I mean, you really do have to sit down with Westworld. And even if you do, you still may be confused. No. Oh my gosh. Here's where we are in season two. We know after season one, everything's changed at the park. Right. The androids are now in control. And by in control, we don't mean just in control of the park. We also mean in control, some of them, of their own consciousnesses. Conscious mind. No, I'm just kidding. No, that's <laughs> right. You're right. You're right. Yes. So what is that about? And how are the actual humans going to stop them? Now, we have two major factions of androids who have two not necessarily compatible goals. One faction's led by Evan Rachel Wood's character, and she just wants to annihilate humanity, essentially. Oh, boy. The other major faction is led by Tandy Newton's character. And Tandy Newton's character just wants all of the androids to be at peace, to get to the promised land, that kind of thing. And she will take you out if you get in the way. Which is a great swap from season one. Yes. Yes. So there is, now, she doesn't care about humans. <laughs> but I mean, but you it, would have pinned that yes. would have been another road, a road than what she's taking. Absolutely. Now, both of these two women have a certain kind of control, not the same kind. Uh, so Evan Rachel Wood is essentially a general. Yeah. And you better follow what she's saying. Tandy Newton's character can do other things. I'm not going to give that away. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And the question is, who's behind all of this? Anthony Hopkins. Now, is it, is mm-hmm. it Anthony Hopkins or was it? That's the question that we all. If you haven't watched season two, that is the question. Oh. <laughs> now, sandwiched in between oh, is yes. Jeffrey Wright's character. Who we know is an android. Yep. Based on a real person? Yes. Question mark? Ooh. Okay. And he's having memory problems. Why? So, of course, they do different timelines, time jumps. That was in season one. Season two, holy, when are we? I don't know. <laughs> like, where am I in this timeline? And by the way, everybody, before I wrap this up, at the very end of the very last episode of season two, um, you have to watch the whole episode. You have to watch through the credits. Oh, good tip. Because you get a new timeline where you go, oh, wait a minute. When are we? Are we way in the future? When in the future? What has gone on? And here's the point. While it is completely confusing with the time jumps, c- completely, period, the nuggets of information you get, if you like this kind of thing, is very nice in season two, and that's what kept me going. We do start to understand the point of the parks. Oh. The point. And this has to do with, of course, what does it mean to be human? It also has to do with what is the future 
of humanity. Why in the world was this park created in the first place? That's season dose. Oh, and then right. in season three, which has already been greenlit. Oh boy. <laughs> well, I'll say this. The real world is going to make a large appearance. Genius is, is, has, is taking a bow. Picasso yeah. has painted his last as far as National Geographic is concerned. And I hear there's a season three. I don't know if you knew that or not. I'm sure, of course you did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Picasso's a funny, funny guy. Uh, not hilarious as in comedy, but interesting, I suppose. And now we know his full story. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, look. So, Picasso's season two uh, for um, Genius. It's really about two things. It's about Picasso, the artist. Artist. How he becomes this artist, how he's never satisfied with his art. He's always looking for the next thing, et cetera, et cetera. And it's about Picasso, um, the womanizer. Yeah. The Lothario. Okay. Yeah, oh boy. So that's where we are in season two. Now, of course, Picasso's played by Antonio, uh, Antonio Banderas in the older version. Okay. Because keep in mind, they toggle between different time periods here right, playing right. Picasso, right? So you have to keep all of that in mind as well. Uh, now, when it comes to the two Picassos on display here, I'm much more interested in Picasso, the artist, watching the show. That's when it, it was uh, transporting. Hmm. When it deals with Picasso and all of these women he's impregnating. Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> it's not quite as interesting to me. It felt redundant in a lot of moments. Well, if he's um, impregnating more than one person. <laughs> well, you know, and then of course, how do these women view each other? Remember, this is Picasso's time period. Oh, so wow. you get that going on. You get him essentially telling them, figure it out on your own. I'm oh, going my to my gosh. painting. All right, I will deal with you when I need you. Oh, oh, okay, I love you, get married to me, and then, you know, serve me. Oh my gosh. Because this is all about my art. So that's the tension in this season. Uh, again, I felt that those parts with all of these women, that it became redundant over and over and over again throughout each of the episodes. Uh, but I will say that some of these women, we learn more about them they wanted, some of them wanted to be artists themselves and some of them were successful artists oh. themselves. So how does that shake out? That to me was more interesting. Yeah. So I just think the balance overall wasn't quite right here. However, mm. as I mentioned from the beginning, the passion, hey, the blood <laughs> is here. I think all of the actors did a wonderful job and I am looking forward to season three with Mary Shelley. Oh, Mary Shelley. Looks okay, so there it is. TV is a coming, and again, this was a pretty good meal. <laughs> you got your carrots and your vegetables and, and your, your little uh, Salisbury steak. <laughs> uh, what you can do is you can check all of the, the uh, references of all the shows we talked about on our website. Also, we're going to keep telling you, we're, we've got giveaways, and this week, we've got a really good giveaway. Tom Cruise is coming back. Uh, for Mission Impossible, and we've got some Mission Impossible 
uh, contests that you can oh. try and, and win and compete and do all of that stuff. So that will be coming down the pipe. But for now, <laughs> just know that we will continue to serve you, listeners, by watching that. <laughs>